0: The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Thank you, Brad. I want to say welcome to all who are here in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to echo what Brad said. I plan to be there next Sunday because Christians are not only called to say something, they are called to do something. And I like Brad, I'm not sure sometimes when I hear these stories what to do. But we're called to do something. Because as Christians, we don't believe or live by a Pax Romana or a Pax Americana. We live and believe in the peace of Christ. And the peace of Christ is not passive, but the peace of God is active in the world and is the future of the world. And so we're called to do something. And I hope you'll join us next Sunday night. For today, uh, we want to announce as an extended part of our worship service, uh, there are going to be uh, uh, two baptisms this morning. Isaac, Isaiah, and Jeremiah Buck are going to be baptized. So when we finish with the the benediction this morning, we're going to gather around and celebrate their life and their new life in Christ. And then... Uh, for all of us here, members, and particularly for you if you are a visitor this morning, we are having a good old-fashioned potluck after church. So don't run off. Stick around. There's nothing better than a church potluck. We are in the sermon series, The Word of the Lord. And for those of you that are new, it's a practice that Brett and I do every now and then, usually in the summers, uh, that we preach texts from the Revised Common Lectionary. And why this is good for us is that uh, we're not choosing the text, but we are given a text from the Revised Common Lectionary, and we're, we're asked to say what does this text have to say to this body of people now? So our text this morning comes from Hebrews 11. Beginning in one, verse 1 up to 3 and 8 through 16. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. And by faith, Abraham And by faith, even Sarah, who is past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered God faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All the people we were still living by faith when they died, all of these people. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that there were, they were foreigners and strangers on earth. And people who, say such, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, for your word, we give you thanks. We ask for ears to hear. We ask for eyes to see. We ask for hearts to follow and bodies to obey this morning. And God, I ask for the gift of preaching in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about what we do not see. Faith is defined as confidence and assurance because it possesses something. Faith has confidence and assurance because it possesses in the present what God has promised in the future. This is why it's defined as confidence and assurance. Because it possesses in the present what God has promised in the future. So people of faith have confidence here and now. They have confidence right now, today, even when all hell is breaking loose around them. It's an inner confidence. And their confidence is not pride in what they possess themselves, nor is it arrogance about what they believe to be the truth. They have confidence in the present that the promises of God can be trusted here and now. They have confidence in the present that the promises of God for peace and justice, the promises of God for mercy and salvation can be trusted even when everything around them indicates otherwise. people of faith have assurance about what is not seen. Verse 3 in chapter 11 says this, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. God's word creates something out of nothing. God's world creates worlds out of what is not seen and he takes nothing and he forms it into something that makes life possible. So in a sense, faith is having the ability to see something that cannot be seen. I don't know how often you do this, but occasionally I'll walk out usually when I'm taking the garbage out at night before garbage day. And I'll look up in the sky at the stars. And while there are a number of dots in the sky and it's beautiful, most of the sky is black. There's not that many stars. That is what I can't see. But what I can't see and what I'm assured of is this revelation that happened to me when I was in college and I was on a mission trip and I was down actually in Honduras and we got the chance to take one day or two days and stay on the island of Rotan. And in Edmond, or Oklahoma City, when I look up at the sky, there's so much light pollution that what I see is mostly black. It's mostly space. There's a few dots here and there. But when I'm on the island of Rattan, and I'm sitting on the dock out on the bay, and I look up, and I can see the Milky Way, there are more points of light in the sky than there are points of darkness. If you've ever been outside the city and could see the stars and see how much there's far more points of light than there is spaces of darkness. And so when I take the garbage out at night and I look up what I see is small specks of light with lots of darkness. But what I'm assured of it's the Milky Way that makes the sky light up that I cannot see. And so faith is the ability to discern realities not visible to the naked eye. This word assurance that's used, it's actually, in Greek, it's the word uh, hypostasis. Now, many of us haven't heard that word, but if you are in the profession I am, this is an important word. Christians, early Christians, used this word quite a bit to talk about Jesus. He's the hypostasis of God. And that word, while it's translated assurance, the way it's used often is to talk about the substance. So Christians would say, to talk about Jesus, he is the very substance of God. He is the hypostasis of God. Or another way is to say the very being of God. So it not only says that faith, faith is confidence in what we hope for. It is also the very substance or the very being of what is not seen. In other words, Faith is the very substance or being of God's promises in the world. And here's what that means. A few years ago, a good friend of mine who was the, the former dean of the spiritual life, he had a theme for our, the campus at Oklahoma Christian where I work. And the theme that year was making the invisible visible. In other words all the invisible things of God all the reality the being of God the substance of God everything that is true about God and God's world and what God intends and what God promises which we cannot quite see that we are to make invisible make visible the invisible So faith not only has a component of inner confidence, but it also has an outward practice of making what is invisible visible in the world because people of faith can see it even when it is invisible. Tom Long says this, He says, faith is more than the inner confidence that the powers of the world that press down and destroy humans will eventually yield and that God's promises will be filled someday. He says, faith is more than that. It is actually the reality or the substance of those promises moving as an advance force operating behind enemy lines. I love that. making what is invisible, the invisible things of God, visible in the world. That's what faith is. Hebrews is written like a sermon. Not quite sure who wrote Hebrews, but it's written like a sermon because it's similar to lots of other sermons that we find in the first and second century. And so if you think Brett and I preach too long, we could just read the whole book of Hebrews together. Amen Amen to reading or I won't go there. And so after the preacher has gone on and on and on, he finally gets to the good stuff. He defines faith as confidence and the things that we hope for, and assurance of the things not seen. And then he gets to the good stuff, what everybody's waiting for in a sermon. He starts telling stories. And by faith, Abraham. When called to go to a place, he would later receive his inheritance. He obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. This is a very short story. He doesn't say much, but if you go back to Genesis, what's interesting is that when when Genesis tells this story, they don't say much about this either. It says that Abram took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all their possessions they had accumulated, and then they set out for the land of Canaan. That's what it basically says. This seems way more complicated than they make this story out to be. And it was actually way more complicated, but he just simply says that he gathered his nephew, his wife, and all their possessions, and they set out for this land. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what he was going to do. But it simply says he went as the Lord told him. And so faith is Abraham leaving his home and going to a place that he did not know. Faith is leaving an old life behind to join in a new life that only God can offer. Faith is an inward, deep trust in God. That That practices an outward obedience even when we are not sure where it will lead us. And by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Faith is Abraham making his home in a foreign and strange land. Faith is dislocating, or at least being willing to be dislocated. That's what faith is. Permanent exiles, never at home, always living in tents. To be a stranger is to be strange to those around you. If you've ever been a stranger, you feel that strangeness. It's not easy being a stranger. The actions of a stranger don't always make sense to those who feel at home where they are. And so faith is having an inward hope of of dwelling in a place designed and built by God that practices an outward response of living according to that new city even when it makes you look strange in the world that you live in right now. That's what faith looks like. And by faith even Sarah who was past childbearing age was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who has who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants more numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Faith is Sarah, a barren woman, given birth to a child even though her husband was as good as dead. It's difficult to lose a child. It's difficult when you can't have children. Here's why it's difficult, at least one reason. Children are our future. Someone once said that we expect our parents to die before us. They're a part of our past. And even though it hurts and is sad, we expect that. But it's unthinkable when a child dies. Because when a child dies, part of your future dies. And so faith is having the conviction. It's having this inward conviction that God is faithful even when it seems like there is nothing. And it also practices an outward fidelity to a man who is as good as dead. Rick talked this morning, we sang that song, We Exalt Thee in Farsi. When we were in Athens, we had the pleasure of meeting not only uh, Christians who were refugees from Iran, but Christians who were refugees from Afghanistan. And one of the first mornings we were there, we went and had coffee with uh, three, well actually two different families that were from Afghanistan. Yasir and Nazareth, and then Masood. And his wife wasn't there, but Anita. This is Masood and his family. And Masood was there that morning translating, and of all the stories that we heard, I think Masood's captures, for me, the kind of journey that they took. Masood grew up... At least some of his childhood in Afghanistan, and his parents they left and moved to Iran because of problems with the Taliban. He lived in Iran, and eventually his wife, who's Iranian, or is she Iranian or Afghanistan? Afghan. She's Afghan, who is also living there. They had an arranged marriage, which is quite foreign, sounds strange to us. But even in Iran because of economic hardship, religious and political oppression, he decided he had to get out because there was no hope for him either in Afghanistan or Iran. So he didn't know much about it, but he heard of people from his family and relatives and people they were friends with that there were better opportunities in Europe. So he gathered up, All the possessions that he had, sold most of them, in order to come up with three to four thousand dollars to pay smugglers. He traveled, snuck out of Iran into Afghanistan, and paid smugglers to take him on a boat on a four to five-hour, six-hour journey in the middle of the night across to the island of Lesvos which is not very far from Turkey, but is actually one of the islands in Greece. Now, when he said that they took him on a boat, that was a, that was a little bit of an exaggeration. It was basically a big tube, and what really should have been about 10 people on the tube, there was more like 20 or 25. I'm not sure it was Massoud that had this, but another person shared That basically they said, hey, when you get on here, right? Uh, Anybody ever driven a boat before? And if nobody had, they just picked someone. Says, here's what you do. You just turn this handle and you steer and you aim for the lights. The middle of the night. He says, they get on this boat and they start traveling along the middle of the night looking for lights. No GPS. No guide, just can you see the lights? When you see the lights, head towards them. And it says eventually, uh, there's a risk that you come across border patrol agents from Greece that are on boats. And if they catch you, they'll just hook up your boat and they'll drag you back to Turkey to which you've gotta pay three to four thousand dollars to do this all over again. So what they do is they assign one person, they give them a big knife. And they say, if the, if the Greece police or border patrol comes, you are to take that knife and stick it in that inflatable raft and tear a big hole until the boat sinks. Because according to international law, if they're in the boat and catch them, they can take them back to Turkey, but if they are in the water, they must rescue them and take them into Athens. Most people weren't sure about poking a hole in the boat. Most of us can swim. My experience is that a lot of people from around the world, depends on where you come from, can't swim. And it's not when they got on the, it's not like when they got on the boat, everybody was told that they're gonna sink the boat. Nobody was warned of that. They only told one person. So when he pulls out his knife, people start panicking and saying, No, 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 don't do this, don't do this, and he finally shh, rips a hole because they're coming, and they all go into the water. It's cold. And he says, he falls in and his children fall in and one of his, one of his I think it's his daughter is holding one of their infant children and in the midst of falling out of the boat, let's go. They're fairly close to the shore so they all start swimming but he cannot find his baby child and so he begins to panic until finally someone sees this baby floating in the water and they pick That baby up. They all manage to get to shore, but the baby's unresponsive. He thinks he's lost his child. He thinks, Masood thinks, my child is as good as dead. Until someone is able to resuscitate that child. And the child is saved. But not only did they get there, they arrive in a foreign country. They don't know the language. They don't have a home. They don't have money. They don't know that many people. It's difficult to get a job. They're going around as strangers from place to place to place to place for something they hope for. They had hoped to get to Belgium or Germany or someplace like that, but almost all of them get stuck in Greece and can't go beyond. They don't even get to see the place that was promised to them by those smugglers. That's a confidence and hope. That's assurance in what is not seen. But while their journey was not filled in faith in God, while their journey was filled with hope and faith in a better life, what they end up finding in their journey in Athens, Greece, was the God of Jesus Christ himself. And so today we sang with them in Farsi because they sang in Farsi this morning. Verse 13 says, and all these people were were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they have left, they would have had the opportunity to return. But no, instead they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. Faith has confidence and assurance because it possesses in the present what God has promised in the future. Those that the preacher in Hebrews tells about, they do not receive the fullness of the things promised. Abraham does not receive the fullness of all that was promised. But they are confident in what they hope for and they are assured of what they cannot fully see yet. Faith is an inward confidence in God's promises that they possess and an outward practice practice that welcomes those promises they see in the distance And they practice it in the world today. So here's what faith has for us inwardly and what it may look like outwardly as we practice it. Faith has an inward confidence that trusts God's promises that one day there will be no more mourning, no more crying, and no more pain and faith has an outward practice of assurance that prays boldly for those who mourn serves tenderly for those who weep and works tirelessly to ease the pain of those who are wounded faith as confidence is an inward reality that trusts God's provision and faith as assurance is an outward reality that shares its possessions because there is always enough in God's kingdom Faith is the confidence to dedicate our children this morning to the Lord because they are from the Lord. And it is also the assurance to practice the nurturing and mentoring of our young people into the kingdom of God. Faith as confidence is an inward reality that in the midst of racism can sing, We Shall Overcome. Faith as assurance is an outward reality that marches on Soma. Faith has confidence in God's promises for peace even in the midst of violence. And faith as assurance is an outward practice of peace through nonviolence, sacrifice, and love. Faith has confidence in God's promises of justice even when the scales don't seem balanced. Faith as assurance is an outward practice of God's future and present justice by caring for the poor, by binding up the wounded, inviting in the marginalized, and standing up for people who are oppressed. Faith has confidence in God's promises of mercy even when the world seems harsh and is not forgiving at all and demands more and more and more from you. And faith as assurance is an outward practice of mercy that shows kindness and forgiveness to those around us. Faith, faith has confidence in God's promise of salvation. Even when we feel lost and not sure of our own selves. Faith, assurance is an outward practice of God's salvation that lives into the reconciled reality that God has already established between us and our neighbors and even our enemies. Faith is confidence in what we hope for.